And uh, true, I mean, conflict is real. Anybody here ever had conflict with somebody in your life? Yeah, yeah, like, like all of us. Some of you just went ahead and just looked at the person, right? Like some of you raised your hand, some of you are like, I'm not doing it because I don't want conflict, all right? But, but reality is we all have conflict, that, that it happens. I, I can tell you I've had some major conflict this week. And one of the reasons I've had major conflict this week is because my wife shared the stage with me last Sunday, if you were here, and she told all of you that my short game at golf sucks. And that's brought some major conflict into my life. One, because like, I'm like, baby, why are you disclosing that to others? Secondly, it then put me on the golf course this week with friends who go to church here who are like, hey, Josh, how's your short game? Josh, how are you going to do with that putt? Hey, Josh, how are you going to do with that chip? And, and they caused conflict in me. And then obviously I'm standing over a chip going, I know I'm going to duff it. I like conflict is real. It happens. And I can joke around about that conflict, but we can talk about marriage conflict. We can talk about conflict with your parents. We can talk about conflict with your friends. We can talk about conflict with your coworkers. We can talk about conflict with your teammates. Because reality is, anytime you're in relationship with someone, you're going to have conflict at some point. Like, hear that. Anytime you're in a relationship with someone, you're going to have conflict at some point. Point. And that doesn't matter if it's a marriage relationship, dating relationship, family relationship, friend relationship, or just working relationship. You're going to have conflict, and you're going to have conflict because we're people. And as people, we don't always get things right. As people, we'll do some things that are wrong. As people, we come from different backgrounds, so sometimes we just deal with things differently. Uh, if you're a parent, that, that maybe the first time it came time to, to discipline a child, you might have started to discipline a child one way, and your spouse said, why, why are you disciplining that way? Because they maybe came from a different school of thought. Or when it comes to spending money, like, like you're like, well, let's just do this. And you're like, well, wait, let's, let's talk about that. Because as people, we're different, and as people, we make mistakes. So we're going to have conflict. So what we're going to do in this how-to series is today we're just going to deal with how do you handle it, all right? Because, again, if it's something we all deal with, well, then let's figure out the best way to handle it. So I'm going to give you some, some just real practical things today. Uh, if, if there's a, ever a day at the rock to take notes, it's today. Because I'm going to give you like 12 or 13 different things. There's no way you're going to remember it all. So it's a great day to pull out your phone and open up your notes app or, or go to your journal or go to the rock app and take notes. Do something to, to try to remember it. Because we all deal with conflict differently, yet we need to deal with it biblically. Well, let's just look at some of the ways we handle conflict. Here's some of them. How about this? If some of us deal with it while others of us escape it. Now, now when I mean that, I don't mean that, that somebody is like, we got to immediately deal with it, and somebody's like, give me a minute. There's nothing wrong with saying, give me a minute to process and all that. That's not what I mean by escape. What I mean by escape, it's like, well, I'm just going to pretend like it never happened. 
And when we try to bury it, we try to escape from it, then, then it actually leads to bad things down the road. But, but, but people, we're different, right? I'm a person, I love to deal with conflict. Anybody else with me? Like you rush right into it. Here's why I love to deal with it. Because the relational tension of not dealing with it drives me nuts. So I'd rather just deal with it, all right? Let's keep going. Some of us deal with it. We have conflict in, in a way that we respect. Others, our conflict is rude. Uh, that we respect, and it's like, I want to hear what you have to say. Rude is, I want to roll my eyes. Uh, that, that maybe you're calm, or maybe you're aggressive. Now, I know what's going on right now as I start to go through this list. You're thinking about the person you're sitting next to or somebody else in your life, right? Like, it naturally happens. Like, if you're married, you're like, that's me, that's them. That, that, that's it. Like, I get it, all right? But, but let's keep going through the list. That, that for some of us, when we have conflict, we think, I want resolution. Others, it's I want resentment, that I'm going to hold on to it. Uh, for others, it, it might be that, that I want to compromise. Others is, well, this is a competition. You won the last argument, so I'm by golly going to win this argument, right? Like, like I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to give up ground. I, 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 I did last time, so I, it's a competition. I got to win this one. Or trust or fear. That, that some of us, when we handle conflict, that you'll be like, I trust the person that, that I have conflict right now, with right now, so therefore I'm going to lean into this and we're going to come to an understanding of, of what went wrong, what happened, what was said, so that we can move on. Other times, though, you'll deal with conflict in fear. This happens a lot of times. It's like I'm afraid to have conflict because I'm afraid of losing the relationship. Like, like we're dating right now, we're not married, and if we have conflict, the relationship's going to end. That, that, that I've had relationships end in the past, so I'm married, and if we deal with the conflict, I have fear that, that, that they're just going to leave. Or, or if I have conflict with my boss or, or this coworker in fear, it's going to ruin things. So what we do is we allow fear to lead through conflict. And, and I think you can see right now, if, if you are just to, to look at this list, the way we need to deal with conflict, the way we need to handle conflict, is all of these on this side. That, that we need to handle everything with everything that's on the left side. We deal with it, we respect, we calm, we bring about resolution and compromise and trust. How do we get there? Like, how can I, how can I go there because my natural tendency... My natural tendency for me is to deal with it in aggression. Or my natural tendency is for me to deal with it um, in, in maybe for you it is being rude or being fearful. How do we change that? Well, here's, here's what I would say. That we go to James chapter 1 and we learn how to really deal with it. How to handle it how to be calm, how to be respectful, how to have trust, how to compromise. And we see that in James chapter 1. And so we're just going to walk through this verse. And, and I'll just tell you, James chapter 1, it's a verse that kicks me in the tail. All right? Here's how it reads. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
and slow to get angry. And, and I don't know about you, but I read that verse and I go, I'm in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I look at these and I go, I, I don't know if I'm very good at any of these. The, the first one says this, that I need to be quick to listen. That when it comes to conflict, we need to be quick to listen. And, and I think for, for many of us, not all of us, there's some of you in the room that you're really good at listening. All right? But for many of us, my guess is that, that we struggle with listening. I think we struggle with listening for a couple different reasons. That one, I think we, we struggle with listening because we're never really taught how to listen. Like, like we, we don't live in a world that, that really teaches us how to listen. I think we struggle with listening because we're in such a hurry that we never slow down to listen. That we allow so many things into our lives that, that to actually hear what somebody has to say, we would literally have to slow down. I, I think one of the reasons we're not quick to listen is because of pride. That we all have some pride in our life. And, and to actually listen to somebody means I need to take my agenda and push it to the back and hear what they have to say. But I don't want to do that. I want to get my point across. I want to deal with this the way I want to deal with it. I don't want to hear what they have to say. So I think we struggle with being quick to listen because of we're not taught how, that, that we're in such a hurry, that, that we are prideful. Or here's the other one. We just don't want to listen. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that one, but, but let's just be honest. It, it happens, Right? I know there's times in my life that, that I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I really care, right? Like, I think we, we all deal with that. But I saw a clip that highlights it perfectly. Anybody here ever watch Big Bang Theory? Okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Well, there's, there's a couple of characters in Big Bang Theory. One of them is Sheldon. Uh, one of them is, is Amy. And, um, well, in this scene, you're going to see how they listen to one another and how they deal with conflict. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn it over to the booth. They're going to show you this clip, and we're going to see how you deal with conflict. Check this out. First, there was PlayStation, a.k.a. PS1. Then there's PS2, PS3, and now PS4. And that makes sense. You'd think after Xbox, there'd be Xbox 2, but no. Next came Xbox 360. Hmm? And now, after 360, comes Xbox One. Why one? Maybe that's how many seconds of thought they put into naming it. Can you get the butter, please? Yeah. However, with the Xbox One, I can control my entire entertainment system using voice commands. Up until now, I've had to use Leonard. Then get the other one. Pass the butter. Get, hang on. I don't feel like you're taking this dilemma seriously. Fine, Sheldon. You have my undivided attention. Okay, now, the PS4 is more angular and sleek looking. No way! It's true, but the larger size of the Xbox One may keep it from overheating. Well, you wouldn't want your gaming system to overheat. No, see, well, you absolutely would not. And furthermore, the Xbox One now comes with a Kinect included. Included? Yes. 
not sold separately. You, although the PS4 uses cool new GDDR5 RAM, while the Xbox One is still using the conventional DDR3 memory. Why would they still be using DDR3? Are they nuts? <laughs> See, that's what I thought. But then they go and throw in an ES RAM buffer. Oh, wait a second. Who's they? The Xbox. You're kidding! No, I am not. And this ES RAM buffer should totally bridge the 100 gigabit per second bandwidth gap between the two RAM types. This is a nightmare. How will you ever make a decision? See, I don't know. What should I do? Please pass the butter! <laughs> True? True, right? It just happens. It happens all the time. I can tell you it happens in my house. I'll be sitting around Abby. If you know my daughter Abby, Abby can talk, okay? And the other thing Abby can do is she can shop, right? So we'll be sitting at home. She'll be like, Dad, you'll never guess. I found this outfit at this. And she'll go, and I'm sitting there going, how much longer, right? <laughs> like, this is just how we are. And if we're not careful, it leads to conflict. So what we need to do is live out James 1.19 and be quick to listen. To be quick to listen, which means, I'm going to give you two little things here. To be quick to listen means this. It means to listen with your ears and listen with your heart. That, that if I'm going to be quick to listen, that, that I'm going to slow down, I'm going to put aside pride, I'm going to care what somebody has to say, and I'm going to listen. I'm not going to listen so that I can speak. I'm going to listen so that I can understand. And see, that's a major problem that, that I know I have, is that I'll listen so that I can speak, and what I need to do is listen so that I can understand. And my guess is you're like me in that area. Listen with your ears. Hear what they have to say. I know in your mind you might be going, I don't know why they would have done that. I don't know why they would have said that. I don't know why they would have believed that. Well, if you want to know why, listen. Listen to what they have to say. With your ears and with your heart. That, that, that pay attention to what's coming out of their mouth, but also pay attention to their eyes. Pay attention to their hands. Pay attention to their, their body language. Are they leaning in? Are they leaning out? Are their arms crossed? Because your body will tell you what you're really trying to say. And Jesus was a master at this. That Jesus was a master at hearing people, but not just what they said, how they felt and what was going on in their life. You could look at Jesus and how he heard the woman at the well. You can look at Jesus and see how he heard Nicodemus. You could hear how Jesus heard the prostitute, that he was constantly hearing what they had to say, but also listening to their whole life. And that's where we need to start, especially when dealing with conflict, is listen to what they have to say. So be quick to listen and then slow to speak. The, the next verse, or, or verse 19, continues on, and it reads like this. It'll say, understand uh, this, my, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak. 
that, that we've got to slow down our mouth. Because again, like I said, oftentimes we will listen so that we can speak. No, we need to listen so we understand. And one of the best things we can do is use our voice, our mouth, to help us understand. Here's what I mean by that. Is that, that the Bible doesn't say don't speak. It just says be slow. Don't rush into it. Don't run to just say the first thing that comes to your mind or the first thing that comes to your mouth. But slow yourself down. And then here's how I would encourage you to speak when you're in conflict. I'm going to give you four things. Again, that's the reason I say write them down. Four things that when I speak, when I've been quick to listen and now it is time to speak, then one, speak curiously. Start by just asking questions. And I don't mean questioning the person. There's a difference between asking questions and questioning. Major difference there. I'm not saying question the person. I'm saying ask questions out of curiosity so that you can get clarity. Find out what they were thinking, what they were doing, what they were believing. Ask questions to bring about clarity in the situation. And again, Jesus was a master at this. That Jesus answered three questions in his life, yet he, at least what we see in scripture, yet he asked over 300 is what we see in scripture. That, that, that 300 different times Jesus asked people questions, and many times it was in a moment of conflict. That people would come to him in conflict, and he'd say, okay, let me ask you this. And he's asking in a way to help bring clarity to a situation. So, so what I want to say is when you have conflict with a coworker, with a friend, with a spouse, ask questions. Not questioning, but ask questions. So speak curiously, then speak graciously. That allow the words that come out of your mouth to be words of grace. Another way I could say that is words that have forgiveness in them. One, for me, I know this. Anytime that there's conflict in my life, there's probably something I can apologize for. I might not have been the, the one who did something major, but I might have done something minor. And I can come with an attitude of, I probably need forgiveness in this, and I can seek to give forgiveness. I need grace in this, and I can seek to give grace in this. That we need to come with words that are gracious, not words that are harsh. Not words that are foul. Not words that are abusive. Uh, we see it in, in the book of Ephesians. It's chapter 4. <clears throat> it, it reads like this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I mean, look at that. Like, like chances are many of us would go, I'm guilty right? Like, I'm guilty. I've used foul language. I've used abusive language. Uh, other translations say I've used language that's not beneficial or unwholesome. Our language should be beneficial. Our language should lead to a point that helps those who hear it and encourage them. So speak graciously. And then also speak truthfully. Go back to the list that, that you speak curiously, you speak graciously, and you speak 
truthfully. When there's conflict, speak truth. And now when I say truth, I don't mean fiction. I mean facts. See, what will happen sometimes when we have conflict is we'll use fiction words. Here's the fiction words I mean. Always, never, ever, a lot. Does that make sense, those words? Maybe you've heard them before. You never do blank. You always do blank. A lot of people said blank. Like, like those aren't facts. Those are fiction words. Um, the staff here at The Rock, they know this, that, that if they ever come to me and say, Josh, a lot of people, I'll say, time out. What's a lot? They'll say, well, a lot. I'm like, okay, there was 3,000 people at church last weekend. Is that what you mean by a lot? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, like 1,000? No, no, no. 100? I was talking to five people. Okay, I'm like, okay, five people. Now, five people matter, but five is not a lot. You see what I'm getting at? Yet when we have conflicts, have you ever, and don't raise your hand, but have you ever said, you always blank? Or you never? Had somebody at the 8, 8.30 service come and say, well, can I say that nine out of ten times you do this? <laughs> it's like, you were listening. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. Speak truth. Speak truth. It doesn't mean not to speak truth. When we speak truthfully, it means don't use fiction, use facts. Speak truth and say, yesterday when you did this. Or yesterday when I did this. Speak truth. Because if we don't speak truth, then we'll end up doing what Krista said last week. We'll bury it and it'll come out later in either a passive-aggressive way or an aggressive way. So we do have to speak truth in the situations. And again, Jesus was a master at this. Jesus, it says in John chapter 1, verse 14, that he came full of grace and truth. That he spoke full grace and full truth at all times. So speak graciously, uh, speak curiously, graciously, truthfully. And then lastly, I'd say this, speak biblically. And here's what I mean by that. Allow the Bible to be your guide when you have conflict. Now, I would also say it this way. Don't use it on the negative as a discipline tool. Use it as a positive, as a guide. For me personally, I can tell you this, that, that I've never used the Bible as a discipline tool with my kids. It would be easy, let's admit it, it'd be real easy to look at your kids if they did something and say, don't you know that the Bible says honor your father and mother, and if you do so, you'll receive long life, and if you're not honoring father and me, or not honoring and, and your mother and father right now, then you might get a short life, right? Like, that would, like I could say that, that's not going to help the situation. That's using the Bible as a negative, as a discipline. What I'd rather do is in the midst of conflict, let's look at the Bible as our guide for positive reinforcement as we move forward. But bring the Bible into conflict, meaning how am I dealing with it? What is the Bible telling me to do right now? What is scripture and encouraging me? What is the guide that is given me, not the discipline that is given others? It will discipline you. 
right? I don't want to say this wrong. The Bible will discipline you. God's word will be a discipline act. Yet I want to use it in conflict as a guide, not a discipline tool. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And then be slow to get angry. Go back to Ephesians 5. I'm sorry, uh, James 1.19. James 1.19 reads like this. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And guys, this verse, for all of my Christian days, has been a verse that has wrecked me. Because I've stood in front of you a hundred times and told you my number one sin issue is anger. That, that's me. It's my number one sin issue. And, and when I was younger, it would come out in this uh, out loud way and an expressive way, whether that was punching a wall, yelling something loud, uh, throwing a golf club. As I gotten older, it doesn't happen that way as much. All right? Not saying it doesn't ever. All right, I mess up. I messed up Friday in front of a couple friends. I'll admit it, all right? Because anger is an issue in my life. I know that. Yet, typically today, it happens more in just being quick with my mouth, saying things that I shouldn't have said in the moment because I've allowed anger to get the best of me. And I want to encourage us when we're dealing with conflict, what we have to do is we have to be slow to get angry. Because anger doesn't bring about the righteous life God desires. Look at verse 20. It's the very next verse. And it said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And verse 20 reads like this. It says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. That God wants us to be righteous. He wants us to be godly. He wants me to be godly. And I know my anger doesn't do that. Now, I know there's such a thing as righteous anger. Jesus showed righteous anger when he was in the temple, when he flipped some tables and he cracked a whip. But I'll just tell you, I'm not Jesus. And I haven't figured out a way to really get angry and not sin. So what I have to do in my life is push anger away, which means I have to get rid of filth and evil in my life. It's verse 21. Here's how it reads. It says, so get rid of all filth, and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word of God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save you or to save your souls. Now, I, I want to break that in two different ways. It says at first, get rid of all evil and filth. And what that really means is we need to be getting rid of that before conflict happens. Because if I have evil in my life, if I have filth in my life, if I have sin in my life, when conflict happens, that's what's going to come out. I'm going to get angry, I'm going to be quick to speak, and I'm going to be slow to listen because of the filth and the evil that is prevalent. So I think what James was getting at when he wrote that verse was, man, you got to get rid of that now so that when conflict does happen, you can humbly accept the word of God that is planted in you. That when conflict with my spouse or conflict with a coworker, conflict with a friend happens, 
I'm not going to run towards anger. I'm going to humbly accept the word of God that says, be gracious. I'm going to humbly accept the word of God that says, use words that are beneficial. I'm going to humbly accept the word of God. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to humbly accept the word of God and I'm going to speak truth into a situation because I want to bring reconciliation. So that's what I want to encourage us to do today is handle conflict. Now maybe the best way to say it is handle conflict the way Jesus did. Because honestly, if we look at Jesus, that's how he handled conflict with us. Because we're all in conflict or have been in conflict with Jesus. We've yelled at him. We've cussed at him. We've abandoned him. We've yelled crucify him. We've hung him on the cross. That that scripture says that we are enemies of God. That we were enemies of God. Yet, what did Jesus do even though there was conflict in between us, mankind, and him? He heard our cry. He heard our cry for help. He heard it, and he heard it. And he came to this earth. And he heard our plea while he was here. And he asked questions And he spoke grace as he spoke truth and guided us with his word so that we could be reconciled back into a relationship with him. So so what I want to encourage you today is, one, make sure you're right with Jesus. Make sure that there's no conflict there. That hear his words of grace as you also hear his words of truth and be reconciled to him to come back into a relationship with him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and to say, Jesus, I want to receive your grace. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that during this time of response. There's going to be some prayer counselors in our connect corner there and some prayer counselors in our connect corner there. And we would love to pray with you. We would love to help you end this conflict that you might have with Jesus. Because what Jesus wants to do is to be in a right relationship with you. But I also want to give you a time during this time of response to respond in a biblical way to conflict in your life. Or at least to make a commitment next time you have conflict to handle it in a biblical way. So maybe for you it's going to be coming up and taking communion. Or maybe for you it's going to be getting with somebody you're with and saying, hey, I'm sorry. Let's talk about this in the right way when we get a chance, when we get in the car, when we get home over lunch. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand with me right now. And we're going to have an opportunity, maybe while you're taking communion, to, to recognize that, Jesus, thank you for saving me, that that conflict is good. But maybe it's during that time you're going to say, Jesus, help me with the conflict I have with my best friend. Jesus, help me to be quick to listen to what my kids or my spouse has to say. Jesus, help me to be slow to speak. Help me to be slow to become angry. Conflict is real. It's going to happen. So when it does, 
let's deal with it in the right way. Why don't you pray with me? Jesus, we're here and we're available for you to work in our lives. I thank you that you want to take care of the conflict that we might have with you. Help us to do the same with others. We're available in your name. Let's spend some time responding.